0: Hi everyone, welcome to my podcast where we talk all things that are most dear to the heart. I'm Bobby Houston, co-senior pastor of Hillsong Church and founder of The Color Sisterhood. I'm passionate about seeing all people find Jesus as saviour and gain a revelation of their value in Him and then rise up to make a stand for justice in the earth. This is a place that you'll hear from me, the Color Sisterhood team and some of our beloved friends. Find out more and stay up to date. Please visit bobbyhouston.com and connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. All right, this morning. Um, if you're here for the first time, or you've just managed to get here for the first time, I maybe didn't realize Sisterhood started last week. There are a few girls who went, oh! I didn't know it started last week. We started last week. So I'm continuing today and we've got today and then we've got next Thursday. And then we are into this beautiful landscape called what? Oh. Amen, absolutely. And just on that note, um, I think, you know, Kylie did a great job, but yep, Conference One is at capacity, which is, amen. Give God a hand, because that is good. <laughs> that venue down there seats 8,000 women. It, beats, well, it seats, well, seats 8,000. But you know, Conference Two is going to be exceptionally amazing, also. And we've got Lisa Harper coming, Christine Kane. We're all there. There's something beautiful about Conference One because we kind of break the atmosphere a little bit. Amen. I think sometimes Conference One is quite polite. I've decided there's lots of our beautiful Anglican friends. Did I say this last week? Can't remember. Um, lots of our beautiful Anglican and more nominal friends. They come. They can't wait to be there. But they're very polite. Like if I draw it out of them, they give it to me, but they're quite polite. Okay, so if you're in Conference 1, don't be polite. Pull your group. Okay, pull the atmosphere for me, all right, because it's a really big room. And then there's something great about Conference 2 because it's like we've cut the ground a little bit. We're kind of like on the page of what we're trying to do. And it just rips open even further. So both are amazing. Everyone say, both are amazing. Amen. And you know, and all your other locations that are outside of Sydney, I know it's a it's it's a commitment, it's an effort, it's an investment, but honestly, girls, find a way. Cuz I really want you there. And I know it's a dream and it's not possible for everyone, but God is a miracle working God. Amen. 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 And um and if not, then really be praying for us because we'll be praying for you. All right, this morning, I thought it would be um, timely and appropriate and helpful and nice because it, the world needs more nice, right? I thought it would be all of these things. Let me say it one more time. Timely, appropriate, helpful and nice to give some focus and due diligence to the whole subject or idea of friendship and relationship of women. Is that All right. I know it's kind of a given reality, but nevertheless. And so I am calling this um, today and going forward for a little bit, I'm calling it up on the screens, colourful threads, all right? Colourful threads and all that stuff, because I just love that term and all that stuff. It is embracive of everything, amen? So colourful threads and all that stuff, the art of friendship, community and cause. Now, I know that I have touched on this before somewhere in our history of 25 years together. But you know what? Just because you touch on something for a moment or whatever, a season, doesn't mean you can't touch on it again. Correct? Amen. And when you do actually um, touch on things again or open up um a genre of teaching or whatever, it always comes with greater revelation and greater depth. There's more girls on the page who can, can contribute and it kind of goes deeper and wider and more wonderful. And so you're not, you might be thinking, well, why would I wanna do that? Why would I want to camp around this, about the camp around the art of friendship, community and cause? Well, firstly, the first answer, the simple answer, the obvious answer is actually because I feel God prompted me to do that. And I don't enter the year, you ask the girls who surround me down here, the team, I don't enter the year with just like random ideas. They know we put a lot of things in place and then I'm like, guys, where the gaps are, that's my responsibility by the grace of God to sense God and to feel God and to hope and pray that where we go is right, amen. So I kind of feel that. But then also because we have been preaching as a church vehemently about revival, right? And it's true to say, it's like, it's true to say that, you know, revival begins in us. But the whole idea, revival begins in us, right? Everyone's saying that. Everyone is echoing that. Revival begins first in us. It doesn't fall out of the sky. It's not some, not some phenomena that just sweeps into the land uncontrolled. It rises in and up out of us. But the whole idea of revival is that it spills out and that it affects us others in Jesus' Name. And I just wanna say that revival will affect our community. So here we are camping around some of these words. Revival will affect our community in Jesus' Name. I mean, listen to me girls, we cannot be in church at the moment in the last X amount of months, singing and worshipping like we are without it affecting the nation. Without it affecting the community. We cannot gather here as congregations, again, all around Australia, give all our heart and soul, give everything that we have, worship and exalt God, God, and it not be making a difference in the atmosphere. And I want to encourage you, I've done this before, but I want to encourage you sometimes to use your godly imagination when you are worshiping, wherever you might be worshiping in the room, or ever. Use your imagination, imagine praise, and our declaration and the exalting of Christ going up into the atmosphere. Imagine what that is doing in the atmosphere. Imagine what it is doing in the spiritual realm. Who knows what um, fuel we are giving angels um, when we worship. There's a spiritual fight going on in the heavens and there is a spiritual fight for the nation of Australia in this context. Do you think the enemy wants to give it up? No, he doesn't. So we are taking ground. And so when we throw wide, when we throw wide the, the gates of our hearts, it will cause the gates of this house, the doors of this house to open wider. And I am telling you, humanity will find their way in. They will find their way in because there is a spiritual magnet happening in the atmosphere. And we can't see it with our natural eyes. And sometimes we can only bear witness to the fruit of that, but God is at work in Jesus' Name. How many of you know that revival is messy? It is messy. It is totally messy. You know, the the romantic side, the romance of sons and daughters gathering and coming home on their camels is beautiful, right? Bryant has been preaching about that. I don't know if I've said this, to the room and I've said it to my friends. I'm like, what the heck? Brian is preaching about Isaiah 58, 59, 60, 61. I preach that stuff. (laughs) I mean, he's the practical shepherd pastor. He's given us wisdom. He's like keeping us all on the straight and narrow. I'm the one in the clouds. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my gosh, Jesus might be coming back. This is a little inside joke. But um, seriously, he's been preaching about that. But the reality, it is romantic. As they come on their camels, praise the Lord. But if you have missed church, you won't know what I'm talking about. But um, the reality is revival is mess. It's mess, People come with their mess, they enter with their mess, they enter with their baggage, they enter with their brokenness, they enter with their chains still jingling around their feet, just like you and I did, and it's messy. And you know, even when we come into the things of God and we enter into the house of God, and we enter into redemption, and we make Christ our Lord and King, and He begins to work in our lives, yeah, our chains break. Our chains are broken. But you know, for a long time, sometimes our chains just hang around our feet and they jingle jangle on our feet. And sometimes we're like why, like, like, why am I all entangled? And it's like, your broken chains are still around the feet. And we can look at our sister and go, why are you stumbling? It's like, sweetheart, your chains, get rid of your chains. You're tripping up over your chains. And I think sometimes in life, we need to literally, <laughs> you know, Pick up all our chains and take them to the dump. Yeah. Or pick up all our chains metaphorically and take them to the tip. Everyone say, tip. Yeah. Or if you're Kiwi, say, tip. Tip. <laughs> praise the Lord. Or better still, imagine that, I was thinking about this on the car coming in here this morning. Imagine we just like gather them up and fling them right back at the devil. It's like, oi, you, devil person, you, these chains belong to you, like, boom, there they go, in your eyeball. But I mean, that is the reality of rival, hence messy, hence our responsibility to have the table or this tapestry of love, of acceptance, of wisdom, of pathways ready, ready and activated for what God wants to do in our nation. Absolutely. So last week I read to you from Colossians chapter 2, verse 2 in the message, and I'm going to remind us of it again. It says, I want you woven into, God says, I want you woven into a tapestry of love, in touch with everything there is to know of God. Then you will have minds confident and at rest, focused on Christ, God's great mystery. Excuse me, it goes on. Amen. My counsel for you is simple and straightforward. Just go ahead with what you've been given. Remember that last week. What have we been given, girls? Can anyone remember from last week, last thought last week? What have we been given? We've been given many things, but we have been given an anointing. There is an anointing resident (laughs) within us And especially in this context for us to take the Spirit and the mandate and the miracle working power within the message of sisterhood, the mandate of woman on the earth, God's girls on the earth, and use it effectively. Every single one of us, I operate under an anointing in this greater message mandate. But you know what? You, by reason of attendance, lean in, participation, you also have that anointing within you to enable you to do what. what, for you, to to enable you rather, to do what you need to do. So it says just go ahead with what you've been given. You received Christ Jesus, the Master, now live in Him. You're deeply rooted in Him. You're deeply rooted. You're well constructed on Him. Now I know this might not be true for every single person. You might be a brand new Christian into the mix today, new to the things of God, but there's a lot of us who have been around the block a while. We've been here a long time. It says, You know your way around the faith. Now do what you've been taught. School's out. Quit studying the subject and start living it. And let your living spill over. Everyone say spill spill over. Into Thanksgiving. And I said last week that I am up for sisterhood spilling over. And the way that it spills over, in all truthfulness, simplicity, it spills out with an within the art of friendship, community and cause. That's actually where it spills out and affects others. So I don't know where this little um, series will take us, but I love the idea of exploring um, some of the strengths, some of the benefits, um, some of the obstacles to all of this. I love the idea of us maybe fleshing out some of these things so that we can actually be ready for whatever God has for us or is wanting to bring our way. Does that sound like a plan? So let me just give you a little, a little praise story from last week, all right? Talking again about that anointing that is resonant within for us to be sisterhood. Not just in name, but in reality. So this praise report comes from Nicola Douglas, and the Melbourne girls. I think everyone around the country should give the Melbourne girls a little bit of a cheer, a little bit of a welcome to the page. Amen. And I know I spoke to Nicola, uh, Late, late last night, or early this morning, late last night, and I, um, I asked her, where would she be this morning? And she's in the new East Campus, brand new East Campus that we got to open on the weekend. So we love you girls. Okay, so this kind of is testimony to you girls. So last week, Nick, after Thursday, last Thursday, Nicola texts me, and she says, I have another incredible story. She goes, I promised this will be the last one to share. And I'm like, no, keep telling us stories. I love the stories. The first story was in context of a beautiful woman who came in from another culture, who came and encountered the atmosphere at Sisterhood and actually could not believe it. Felt so welcome, so embraced. <clears throat> so Nick goes on and she says, I have another incredible story. I have another incredible story. She said, Bobby, or me, she said, Bobby did a post, an Instagram post in light of the new abortion laws in the USA. In that post, someone asked the question, what about abortion for a mum who is a drug um, addict? So one of our sisters, one of the sisters in Melbourne, um, sorry, I just need to read this properly. I'm improvising, I should just read it. (laughs) She writes, one of our sisterhood girls in Melbourne who had adopted a baby girl from a drug addicted mum direct messaged on Instagram, this woman and told her that she had a daughter because one such mum, an addicted mum, decided not to abort. Turns out this woman on Instagram, the one overseas, was pregnant and addicted and wrestling with whether to abort her child or not. Long story short, through messaging with this girl from sisterhood, this woman in Ireland has found salvation, is going to church, and is keeping the baby. I know. Love it. The sisterhood girls in Melbourne sent her a video message to say we are praying for her and the baby. Today she went to today she sent the ultrasound photo of the baby. And the mum said, the sisterhood has changed her and her baby's life. Nicola writes, the power of the global sisterhood. Isn't that lovely? I want you just to put um, that sonogram or whatever we call it these days on the screen. Okay, so this is a little Irish baby, apparently. Isn't that a beautiful story? It is a beautiful story. So leave it there for one moment. And you know, the funny thing is when I, I, when I wrote that post, because obviously we're talking about new, um, newly passed um, abortion laws in the United States for extremely late term, extremely late term um, abortion, which I know is also prevalent in our own land and other parts of the world. And it's a delicate subject. And I, you know, I watch the world firing up and I watch Christians firing up and what have you. And, you know, for, for me, it's, a, it's delicate because, you know, you have to do something. You have to do, if you're gonna comment or you're gonna make a statement, you have to do it with extreme grace. Because to make a comment in one direction um, isolates or condemns a whole bunch of of women over here. And I never wanna do that. I never ever want to do that. I don't wanna be like that. So what I posted was quite measured. I actually let a quote from Mother Teresa do the work for me. But it had an impact. And here's the point, I remember posting it, then on the run, I don't stop to read all the comments. Who's got time for that? I don't. But um, I saw that, I think I saw that comment from that girl. And I was in a rush to get somewhere. And I think I unconsciously prayed a prayer in my spirit that went, oh, I hope, because it takes time to answer that with grace. And I went, oh, I hope one of my team or one of my girls replies to her. And they did. Now that is the spirit of anointing. That is the spirit of God working in us, amen. So Father God, we just thank you for this little baby and we thank you for this young woman. And we continue to pray for her. Father, we don't know her circumstance. We don't know even why she would be following, that she would even see something like that. But Father God, You know her story. You know her life. And Father, I pray that You'll be continue the good thing that You have begun in her. Heal her in Jesus' Name, I pray. Heal her of her, of her addiction. And help her, Holy One of Heaven. And I thank You for a church in Ireland that was there for her. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen? amen. Beautiful. I don't know. So anyway, let me give you a handful of strengths and benefits um, to friendship, community and cause. Okay, the first one. Okay, let me just lay a foundation. The first one. Okay, this is for the record, all right? For the record, our blueprint and roadmap for kick-butt sisterhood is trustworthy. Just to remind you of that because we've got new college students on the page and new women on the page, All right. Our blueprint and our roadmap is trustworthy. Everyone say trustworthy. Okay, so I am talking about our blueprint being Proverbs 31 and our roadmap being the sisterhood book, all right? They're trustworthy. They're trustworthy, firstly, because Proverbs 31 (laughs) is the Word of God. It is the Word of God, it is timeless, it is true, it is unchanging, um, it is applicable in every generation. Can I just say right now in a world that is quite dismissive of anything that has um, Christianity or religion wrapped around it, um, Proverbs 31 is not old fashioned. It is not old fashioned, it is timeless truth that bears fruit actually. so. For example, within 31, within the tenor of Proverbs 31, um, is the reality that she um, watches over her household. Correct? We're not reading it right now. She watches over her household. That's not old fashioned. Some people would debate in this modern world that that's old fashioned. That's actually not old fashioned. That's wisdom. It's actually wisdom to watch over your household. And I think that when you, have, when you have a man who is watching over his household and when you have a woman who is watching over their household, regardless of circumstances, amen, do you know what you're gonna actually have? You're gonna actually have, the chances are that you're gonna produce a household minus a whole stack of dysfunction. That's pretty much the reality. And that doesn't mean that families don't encounter bends and curves, etc. but we all know that wisdom builds the house and wisdom builds the household and wisdom rescues the household if need be. Amen. I think the exploits of of 31, the exploits of Proverbs 31, which again are established over a lifetime, are impossible to achieve again without friendship, community and cause without the inspiration of all of these things, the inspiration of friendship, the inspiration of community, the inspiration of cause. Okay, so Proverbs 31, big, big picture, remains our blueprint um, for womanhood in Jesus' Name. And if you haven't read it lately, why don't you read it? There's so many beautiful um, translations and they bring out different um, depth and wonder. So have a reread if you haven't done that for a while. And then the sisterhood book, all right? The sisterhood book. Okay, it took um, you and I 20 years to live this, and then I wrote it. Okay, so without sounding boastful, I actually believe that it is a measured and tried and proven account of a new chapter for women within our dispensation of time. It articulates a new chapter. You know, 20 years, I was thinking about this yesterday. 20 years is not a long time. I mean, 20 years is is a long time. I mean, in my lifetime, it feels like a long time, right? But it's actually not a long time on the scale of time and history and eternity. It really isn't a long time. And I think the magnitude of this greater message and this new chapter, this new page that has turned, I think the magnitude of it, 23, 25 years on for us, our little contribution to it, I think think we've seen the beginnings of the magnitude of what it's gonna do. And I'll tell you why. Because it's several generations deep now. It's several generations. You know, there were women older than me, before me, who carried this, and did the very best that they had with it when it was in their hand. And then if I can just use my context here, my experience, it came into my hand. And like for the last 25 years, we've done the very best that we know with it. But you know what? It is carried by layers down here, layers of girls, daughters. My own daughter can articulate it beautifully. All of these women, actually all the girls who are in leadership in our church around the world, literally all of them can articulate it beautifully. And so the magnitude of that, I and mean, then you've got their daughters and their children and their sons beginning to art- articulate. So the magnitude of it, we haven't begun to see and that's exciting. I write down here, I, on this note, I wanna remind us that we are living um, in times when God is bringing completion and order to what was in His heart, completion and order. And we well know, don't we, because of this journey, that the feminine dynamic was never um, destined to be sidelined or kept out of the mainframe. And if you recall the context of the message for our Sisterhood United late last year, it was, come out of the shadows, daughter Zion. And I talked about all the things that we have not been destined for and all the things that we actually have been destined for. So again, if you're forgetting, remember that. It was a funny story happened yesterday on the way to staff. Okay, so Tuesday, uh, Wednesday morning now we have staff over in the epicentre and then we link with staff all around the, um, the country, etc. cetera. And um, so I'm walking in. <laughs> Is that girl here? Is she here? The girl I'm talking about? Oh, good girl. Did you bring it? Good girl. Wait there. Okay. So I'm walking. I'm walking into staff and suddenly the students are coming out because they've had like chapel or lessons or whatever. And this girl goes, oh, she sees me. She's like, oh, 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 oh. She goes, sorry, I'm I'm embellishing a little bit. Okay. But she's like, oh, oh, oh. She goes, I've got your book. I've got your book. And then she says, no, I've got Joel's book. And in my mind, I'm going, Joel's book? Joel hasn't written a book. Well, actually, he has written a book, but you know, I don't know where it's up to right now. Anyway, so I'm like, what, what? And then she pulls out her book, all right? Pulls it out. Come over here, sweetheart, just down here. Come over here, and I come up here. Give her a microphone, quick. we have got to go fast, 14 minutes. Okay, I'm gonna give you a microphone. <laughs> so she pulls it out and, she, and I'm like, oh, that's lovely. And she goes, yeah, no, 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 you don't know the half of it. She opens it. She bought it in the, in the resource center over here, right? She, paid, she, put, she bought the book. Awesome. And then, is this true? And then when you open it, it's already signed. This is what it says. You want to read it? Yeah. Um, it says, Joel, with love and affection, so glad I get to be your mom. <laughs> You've been on this journey. Hope you enjoy the story. Love mom, hashtag fave hashtag fave, and I'm like, what? I said the same thing. (laughs) She she purchased, it was on the shelf out there. She purchased my son's personal copy (laughs) that I would have laboriously written something heartfelt within, probably with writer's cramp at the time because I was signing a lot of books. Jolly Joel, I texted him last night and I'm like, the whole family, I'm like, ha 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 ha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's like, Mom, I have no idea. And I'm like, I have an idea. I gave this to you, son. 20 flipping years. I gave you this to you, son. And he would have gone, oh thanks, Mom. He would have put it down, come in here to worship. Somehow someone scooped it up, thought, oh, that needs to go back to the bookshop. And <laughs> Bob's your uncle, it's yours. I'm gonna sign that properly for you. She's like, do you want this back? And I'm like, yeah, you deserve that. I don't know. (laughs) Pulling up my pants, I loved it. So that was Cicely, anyway, beautiful. Number two, I need to hurry. Oh my goodness, hurry, 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 scurry. Okay, Um, friendship, community and cause are three beautiful and compelling strands within this tapestry of love. Would you not agree? They are three beautiful and compelling strands within this beautiful tapestry of love. Amen. Okay, this garment of salvation that I am personally obsessed with. (laughs) Have you noticed? Okay, salvation is no small thing, is everywhere. Okay, so I am personally obsessed with this idea. This garment of salvation is made up of oceans and oceans of colourful threads that are our lives. Now, I don't know if you think much about um, the Bride of Christ. (laughs) Anyone? Anyone this morning, you woke up thinking, the Bride of Christ. No, I I don't know. I don't know if you think about it. But you know what? The Bride of Christ is spoken of in singular um, form, right? It is the Bride of Christ, singular. It's not the Brides of Christ. Okay, I think that's a Catholic thing when beautiful nuns and sisters devote their lives to Christ and that context. So as we well know, the church, the church, capital C, is full of individuals. But collectively, we become that singular bride, correct? Now the metaphor, if you think about that metaphor, it paints a beautiful picture of one garment adorning that bride, just one garment. So you've got to use your imagination, stir it up again. (sighs) Okay, imagination. It is all It is all the contributing threads of our lives that make that garment of salvation that is spoken of for the bride of Christ, that beautiful day, so stunning. So stunning. So don't allow your story or your thread to be missing. Don't let it be a missing thread, a um, pulled thread, a tangled thread. Don't allow that when it could be something so much more magnificent and wonderful. So yet again, in simplicity, I wanna encourage you to allow God to perfect in you what He needs to perfect. And allow God to fine tune your life so that He can weave you perfectly into that beautiful salvation story, that greatest scheme of things. And you know, it's never about perfection per se. It's actually... About being molded and shaped into a vessel of honor, a vessel of trustworthiness, a vessel of resilience. Amen. Isaiah 52, one in the message says, wake up, wake up, pull on your boots, which of course we love because that is sisterhood fight club, right? You're going to love the merchandise memories. Like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. It was only as easy as making (laughs) clothes and paraphernalia, but praise the Lord. Wake up, wake up, pull on your boots, Zion. Dress up in your Sunday best Jerusalem, holy city. Okay, Sunday best is not literally your clothes, but your, your salvation story, dress up in it. Don't come to sisterhood naked. Don't come to church naked. Put on your salvation garments, in Jesus' Name, Amen. It says, brush off the dust and get to your feet. Throw off your chains. Oh, there they are again, those chains. Now it's time that my people know who I am, what I'm made of. Yes, that I have something to say. God has something to say to this planet. Here I am. Verse seven goes on. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messenger bringing good news. Again, the messenger who is awake, dressed up, Dusted it off, chains gone, breaking the news that all is well, proclaiming good times, announcing salvation, telling Zion that your God reigns. Hallelujah. It goes on. <laughs> I'm out of breath. Voices, listen. Your scouts are shouting in joyful unison. Oh, I can just see Brooke Leisurewood getting off on that. Cause she's a poetic, romantic at heart, and she cannot wait to get here and worship with us for the next few weeks. But you know what? It's like oh, your scouts are shouting in unison, in joyful unison. They see with their own eyes God coming back to Zion. Break into song, boom it out. God has rolled up his sleeve, and what all the nations can see, everyone. Everyone from one end of the earth to the other sees Him at work doing His salvation work. Everyone. How cool that our conference in July, ah, let's just go there, is called, This Is For Everyone. I mean, that is not a normal name for a conference, by the way. Hillsong Conference. This Is For Everyone. No, it's a declaration to the redeemed and the unredeemed alike, amen. Amen. So I love what Scripture says here. You know what? Everyone from one end of the earth to the other sees Him at work, doing His salvation work. And again, that's what we are committed to here at Sisterhood, God visibly, tangibly, tangibly doing His salvation work in sisterhood, amen? Number three, number three, praise the Lord. Okay. All right, friendship, community, and cause, there we go. Friendship, community, and cause um, are birthed, birth in the God-orchestrated collisions of life. One more time. Friendship, community, and cause, birth in the God-orchestrated collisions of life. They need to be tangibly felt, don't they? I mean, think about it. Friendship, community, and cause, where, like, where does these, they birth in the God-orchestrated collisions of life. Life in Jesus' name. Oh, hang on. Amen. No, that's not right. That's number four. Have I not done number three? We want number three. <laughs> Don't have number three. All right, write this down, girls. Holy Spirit. Am I doing this right? Yes, number three is friendship, community and cause are art forms that demand expression. They're art forms that demand expression, all right? They need to be tangibly felt and they need to be tangibly um, experienced in Jesus' Name. Do you believe that? Art forms, art forms that demand expression. Art forms, everyone say art form. Art form, okay, it's like a beautiful canvas. If a person has painted a beautiful canvas, do you know what, it's just a sad reality if that canvas sits behind closed walls or in a closet, right? They have to actually be felt, they can't remain. These things, okay, a friendship community cause cannot remain in theory, because theory takes us nowhere. They have to be, they have to put on clothing, they have to put on flesh and they have to walk out into the real world. Would you not say that is true? Absolutely, amen. You know what, you can't be friendly on that note. You can't be friendly on your own, can you? I mean you, can't be, I mean, you can. I mean, if you want to talk to yourself in friendly tones, that's actually awesome and sometimes quite helpful. But you know what, you actually can't know friendship, like incites more. You can't actually have community, experience community on your own because by reason of definition, community actually means a group of people who are doing life together. And you know, I think except in prayer, except in prayer, you actually can't advocate for something. You can't advocate for something without actually getting your hands dirty. So if some people think that they're great advocates of justice. They sit behind their computer, make judgments, pass comments and do nothing. So you know, to advocate for, for um, community and for cause rather, you actually have to get out and you actually have to engage and you have to get involved and you have to get your hands dirty. In this case, um, Gabe Kelly in our creative community, he did a beautiful, he wrote a beautiful qu- quote. It's Van Gogh, Van Gogh, Van Gogh, whatever. And basically said, there is nothing truly more artistic than to love people. Amen, there is nothing truly more artistic than to love people. So on that note, these three things actually are an art form that demand expression on our part. Okay, now to number four. Okay, we've already stated that. Friendship community caused birth in the God-orchestrated collisions of life. They orchestrate in the God-given, sorry, the God-orchestrated <laughs> collisions of life. It's all right. It looks like I've been thrown, but I'm not. All right, um, I don't know how to say this person's name. Um, Anais Nin, Anais Nin, okay, said something beautiful, all right, it's gonna go up. Each friend represents a world in us. You've heard it many times, right, it's famous. Each friend friend represents a world in us, a a world not born actually until they arrive. And it is only by this meeting, this collision, that a new world is born. I know that to be so true in my life. Each friend, there are college students here in a college community, forging friendships, and until you came, the whole new world that you have entered into in those friendships and community didn't exist. But as you came and in your lives collided, a whole new world was born. And I know that to be true in my life, in Jesus' Name. Hallelujah. You know what, I have always loved the idea of Holy Spirit orchestrated collisions. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven is not exclusive. You know, it says, for I know the plans that I have you declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you um, a hope and a future. That is not exclusive. God has plans for everybody. There are oceans of people walking around our campuses today, the streets, and God has plans for them. He knows the plans that He has for them. They're good to prosper them and not harm them, to give them a future and a hope. God's imprint is all over humanity. He is endlessly, endlessly joining the dots. He is endlessly at work weaving connections that result in the outworking of destiny, which is why I personally, I personally love the idea that every day is a potential miracle day. Every day we wake up, every day when we go home, when we do what we do, when whatever, it has potential miracle within it. I love that. And again, I want to challenge us. I'm I'm a broken record at times. To um, stir up our imagination that God is going to use us in the most miraculous and unusual ways. Like we've got to stir that imagination up in Jesus' Name. Let me read to you just from my book for one minute because it's our roadmap, correct? So the chapter, it's chapter 11, Colourful Threads. And the quote, each friend represents a world and us a world not born until they arrive, and it is only by this meeting that a new world is born. Let me write, just read a paragraph. The wonder years of colour were rich in friendships. Old friends and new friends alike were being etched into a storybook of friendship that in essence is the true spirit of sisterhood. As Anais Nin profoundly declares, each friend, friendship represented a world. And for us, it felt like an ocean of, of worlds were colliding. These foundational years also felt like tapestry in motion. Tapestry has been described as a heavily woven cloth of rich and very coloured designs, a combination of scenes, a sequence of events, a tapestry of cultures. Cultures that were geographical in nature, cultures shaped by legacy and experience, and cultures defined by the calling and anointing upon the many lives being knit together were contributing to this rich and many-sided tapestry of friendship that God was um, masterminding. As As the definition also suggests, a combination of scenes and events, families and personal histories were being woven into something that God had designed to tell a powerful story of empathy and cohesion and the endless possibilities of unity. On that note, let's go to point number five in my last one. And if the team actually just wanna quietly come up and join me, why don't you? I believe, I'm just giving you some strengths, some benefits, some foundational thoughts for us to then explore and like peel back the layers. I believe that friendship, community and cause find their magic within the diversity. They find, just what I read to you actually, they find their magic within the diversity. Again, let me read it to you. The foundational years of colour felt like tapestry in motion, described as a heavily woven cloth of rich and very coloured designs. One more time. A combination of scenes, a sequence of events, and again, a tapestry of cultures. And you know, as I said before, when I put this beautiful scene um, up on the screen, do you know, I've preached this before, hence it's in the book, but, um. We must never forget the wonder that comes from God working amongst us. God working amongst us in that combination of events, yeah. in that sequence of events in Jesus' Name, or the combination of scenes, or the, here, the sequence of events, or again, that tapestry of cultures colliding. And you know, those three things, those three things are the constant within a healthy church. Like like nowhere else in the world, you find that within a healthy church. All of those things colliding and moving and working together with God in the midst of it. And again, herein lies the miracle of the church on the earth. It's the miracle of the church in all her brilliance because of this great collision, again, where the Holy Spirit is at work. Because those things, okay, what is it? combinations of scenes, sequence of events, cultures, that all happens out there in the world. It happens and sometimes it happens with beauty and sometimes it happens with disaster and tragic outcome. But in the body of Christ when she's alive, we've got the Holy Spirit in here and He's actually described as like glue between the bricks. He has this capacity to bind and connect and cause the miraculous to happen, which is why we've got to keep stirring up that anointing in Jesus' Name, amen? We're not just talking hot air here, (laughs) we're not. It's amazing. So for example, so for example, the combination of scenes, the sequence of events in that story I told about the girl from Ireland. Think about that for one moment, okay? It was magical. It was a magical story. If it's real, I think it is. Amen. <laughs> it was magical. There was a USA ruling. There was a global outcry. There was social media. There was a rushed but heartfelt prayer on my part. There was a story, story already happening in Melbourne. Um, There was boldness and sensitivity on the part of the girl who actually initiated the conversation. There was grace that reached out. There was grace that resonated as it reached out. And there was grace that saved two lives, a mother and a child. That is magical. That is just magical in Jesus' Name, Amen. How about this story? A praise report came in Sunday morning here at Hills. A praise report from a woman who literally said after 25 years, 25 years, her daughter ventured back, ventured back into the sisterhood environment and loved it. Now, truthfully, who knows? It's a private story. Who knows? Who knows the threads in that story? But you know what? It's magical. And it's testimony to their coming back. Remember? Vision Sunday, remember our our revival? Like declaration, they're coming back. They're coming back. 25 years is a long time, people. It's like the Paris story that we showed on the film, that gorgeous Paris story, you know, acted out. That woman had been praying for 28 years, but you know what? They're coming back. So I want us to not lose heart. How about Karen Irving? She told me this story, I hope it's okay to share. But um, she came up to me on Sunday. She's like, look, this is testimony to the anointing of God at work in us. So she tells a story how she was in a hotel foyer, a random foyer just just the other day. She sees a friend whose name is Kim for the first time in 16 years. Okay, so we've had 25 years, 28 years. This is 16 years. Um, So she sees a friend, Kim, for the first time in the foyer and says, Kim, as you do, Kim, praise the Lord. Meanwhile, Kim is saying her name, Karen. Kim is in a conversation with her friend explaining, I have a friend called Karen who goes to Hillsong. She hadn't uttered my name for years, she says. She turned her head, Kim turns her head, and Karen was literally standing in front of her. (laughs) Plus there was a visiting friend from New York who was in the middle of it all, encouraging Kim that she should return to church. And so apparently if I've got it right, forgive me if I've got it wrong, Kim and Karen stood in sisterhood, she says in 2019, which would be like now. And Kim in her own words was saying, awestruck. I'm just awestruck and so excited to be back. Okay, that is magical. And it's magical, they're coming back. Lovely coincidence? Is it a lovely coincidence? Are these just lovely coincidences? I don't think so. I believe it is the Holy Spirit at work amongst us girls who are willing to be prompted. Amen. Why don't you close all your Bibles and your stuff, all that stuff, hallelujah. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. I hope you have found it encouraging and uplifting and helpful. Don't forget, you can subscribe on iTunes to make sure you get all of the latest episodes as soon as they're released. And if you have time, I'd love to hear from you. Write to me in the review or comments section. I look forward to being with you again next time.